episode seven. Are you a soccer mom? This is a podcast full of the honest, dirty, tiring, and funny things that come with being a mom to boys. We love it. Most days. And for the days we aren't sure what the heck we are doing, we have each other. We are Jessica. And Anicia. We are Ladies Raising Lads. Well, we tried to be soccer oh, moms. Man. Oh, gosh, that was an experience. Do not let your two-year-olds play soccer. <laughs> this, this was, this was a really interesting and funny story. I feel like that kind of brought us together even more. Right. in the beginning of our friendship. I think that's what meshed our families. Yes, was that year for sure. So, Denicia tells me that they're going to start soccer. Oh, hit for me our now. local hit soccer club, and that. Her middle and my oldest, mm-hmm. Barrick and Cayman, the best buddies, they qualified for age. They had opened it up to where as long as you turned three that during, year. during that season, you could play. Right. Well, they turned three in November of that year. Mm-hmm. We put our tiny little babies Oh, my gosh. I think soccer. back to it now, and I'm like, they were so little. <laughs> they They're were so- littler than my baby is now, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine him doing that. Mm-hmm. Those shirts just swallowed them. They did. Well, so we attempted it, and it turns out all that Barrick and Cayman really want to do <laughs> is spend time with Barrick and Cayman. Oh, they were so cute. They held hands and played together, but they did not play soccer. <laughs> no, they just, they held hands and ran around the field, if we could even get them on the field. Yeah. Because what they really wanted to do was just sit on the sideline and, and eat, eat snacks. <laughs> They ate snacks the whole time. Oh, so that was our experience with soccer for the first time with those two. Mm-hmm. Jessica, needless to say, did not do it the next year when we put We Cayman didn't even in. finish no, that year. No, we didn't finish that year either. So Cayman asked to play soccer again the next year, and we signed him up again, and we didn't make it through one game. Ugh. So we have yet to play soccer since then, because I just is like... I'm done. That's money wasted. And my child is not ready. Right. So in today's episode, we're going to kind of give you some information on all those extra activities and maybe some tips on picking them, not picking them. When do you start? When do you stop? When is it okay to say, okay, you don't enjoy this. We don't have to continue. Right. I will say, though, that soccer for our family, that was it. That was the last thing that we have done as a, as a, what you would call true activity. Yeah. The only other thing that we've done is swim lessons. And we did those this summer and we just started them actually again this week. Yeah. Um, I like swim lessons. Yeah. And I don't know why that doesn't, that doesn't qualify for me as an activity, I should. But it should. Yeah. You're learning to do something yeah. just like you would be learning any other sport at this age. So came and did gymnastics with grandma last year. They all they all get an activity with grandma the year before they go to real big school. And so he did it last year and they completed it and it was fun and he enjoyed it. And so maybe soccer just wasn't his thing. Right. 
I mean, he still says he wants to play soccer, and I just look at him like he's crazy. Yeah. So I think I'll wait a few more years, and if he yeah. really wants to play, let him play. We'll talk about that. We'll get to that. But I want to point out a few statistics first on how many children are in activities. And it's 57% of children between 6 and 17 years old participate in at least one after-school extracurricular activity. So we're not even talking about, like, activities that are during school hours. This is the extra stuff that you, as the parent, are running them around to. I think that's low. Well, I think... I mean, 57%... I Well, let's say this. That is nationally. Yes, this is from the U.S. Census yeah. Bureau. In Oklahoma, that is probably not correct. Well, and I think it depends upon the income level for your community. True, true. And activities are expensive. I just think that... It depends. Okay, that, that statistic is going to depend on a few things. What are they counting as extra activities and what state you live in? I mean, that I really think probably has a lot of things to do with it. Well, the other thing that they pointed out was that most kids are choosing sports than other things like music, dance, or even things like a language activity or like chess club Mm -hmm. or something like that. Kids are picking sports. Yeah. Which I would think that is probably, that's probably pretty true nationwide. Like I think that of the kids across the nation that are picking activity sports is going to be higher than others. Probably. Well, the other statistic I came across in my research here was how much money is being poured into activities. So the state... A Utah State University did some research and it came up with the number $15.3 billion. A year? In the industry. Yeah. Ooh. Is that going to activity fees also? I would assume it's just all-encompassing. Oh, wow. And that is doubled in the last 10 years. I believe that, like, it's gotten extremely expensive. Well, so it says that that includes league fees, camps, equipment, training, travel, and that families now are spending as much as 10% of their income towards activities. That that statistic blew my mind. Oh, my God. Like, I'm thinking about our income. Right. How much that would be. Right. Just take a second and put that number into your head. 10% Ooh. of your income towards your kids' activities. I, that just baffled me. I'm <laughs> like, is just looking at me with her mouth wide open. I, that, I just can't. Like, I have three kids, and I can't imagine that. Like... Well, and so is that 10% to each child? Oh, God. You can't survive on that. That's like more than we, oh, Lord. I mean, like, honestly, that's almost more than we pay in our house payment a year. Like, Mm -hmm. if you think about it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's large. That's super large. And I think there's something to say if, If that is where your family 
comes together. That's where your family bonds and finds happiness. And that is something that your family truly, truly enjoys. Great. Then that is probably worth the investment for you. I agree. That is not where my family bonds. That is not what my family enjoys. Right. <laughs> so, right. Like, and I just can't see that. I'm in that camp too, but I do know. We have a really good friend who they are very into baseball. They love everything about it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just their life. And they come together as a family to do baseball and power to them, spend all the money to do mm-hmm. that. Like, to me, the money is not an issue when it comes to happiness and being together as a family because those are the memories that your children Mm -hmm. will remember right well and denicia's family they travel our family we're really big into travel Mm -hmm. and so that doesn't mesh well with a scheduled sport or activity and so if i were to say we want to spend 10 percent of our income on traveling to me, that sounds awesome. Right. Because that's where we find happiness right. and joy. If another family is spending 10% of their income on an activity and that is where they are bonding and finding happiness, that is great. Yes. And I don't, it's hard for me to put myself in those people's shoes because that's not me. Right. So if, if you are that football mom and you cannot wait to spend Friday night under the big lights cheering on your kids. That is super awesome. That is super awesome. And if it is worth it, keep doing it. Absolutely. So when should you start your kids in Hmm. activities? Hmm. This is a, this is such a big topic of conversation with Denise and I lately. I mean, I feel like we bring it up at least like once a week. Like, Probably. Are we supposed to be doing this? Right. When are we supposed to be starting? Well, see, this is where I come into the, well, does it have to be one of the listed activities? Like last year we went to church every Wednesday night. They had that where they went in and they got to do a Bible activity with their friends. Is that counted as an extracurricular activity? I don't know. Because I- it is. It is extra. Like, that's not right. something you would normally do. It's mm-hmm. um, Some churches, it is what you would normally do, but some it's not, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, is that extra? To me, it was extra. It was a day that we took away from our family time at home after school or after, during dinner time. So, it, to me, it was an extra thing. Like, Right. Yes. That's so, a good point. But we've done, we started Cashion at um, this little program here called Little Kickers at 18 months old. We went every, gosh, I don't remember, Thursday, Wednesday, something like that, for mm-hmm. 45 minutes. And mostly, at that point, it was not a soccer thing. It was a follow the instructions. They mm-hmm. did singing. They did running. And it was good mm-hmm. for him because he had a lot of extra energy. Mm-hmm. I have not followed through and done that with every child because it just got too harder and harder with too many children. Cayman was the last one that did that. And that's why we... Ended up going into soccer because he liked it so much. Well, mm-hmm. He liked the singing and activities and not the <laughs> soccer part, apparently. We've also done Spanish classes. We did that for a year. And I enjoyed those. And Kastian, we were struggling with Kastian doing, just struggling with Kastian. Kastian has um, special needs. And so, like, getting him over the mm-hmm. hump that he could function in an outside world, that was the year that was really bad for us. Came and thrived. Mm-hmm. And I would love to put him back in him, but 
it was expensive. It was mm-hmm. super expensive. And I just, for the amount of money, I was they're like, hey, I could save all this and send you to Mexico with your grandparents during the summer. And you would come back speaking as much as you did right. when you were taking these classes. Right. And this last year, we put Cashton into a, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't call it an extracurricular activity, like on the basis of what it's called, but it was extra. Right. And he did it for, we're almost at a year now. Um, Wednesday is his last day. So we're super excited. Yeah. It was dedication, three days a week for an hour a day. And so Mm -hmm. like, I thought that was, I mean, that's extra, right? Yes, it is. The only thing I will say about that is that for Cashin... While it wasn't 100% necessary, yeah. it was a huge benefit. Right. And you went into that knowing this is going to benefit him for the rest of his life. But I think that can be to anything, right? Like music it is going to benefit you for the rest of your life. I mean, like it makes your brain work in a different way. And being active in a sport makes you you know, healthier. And so everything I benefits, think, but it's a different type of benefit. It's a different, like... Cashin needed this. Yes. People don't need to learn to play the violin. They can enjoy music and it can be a part of their lives without learning to pick it up and do it themselves. True, true. Because I don't play the violin, but I enjoy music. Right. So. right. And I feel like Cashin's activity, that was, it wasn't a no-brainer, but it was almost a no-brainer right. for you guys. Right. It was something that... Had to be done. Was not only going to benefit Cashin, but your entire family. Yeah. And learning to play the violin, while you can play beautiful music for your family, hopefully, it's more about the individual's needs and desires. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. And your investment in that time Mm -hmm. was for everyone in your house. Absolutely. (laughs) In my reading, experts say, don't start an activity at the same time you're starting school Ooh, yeah. or starting daycare Ooh, yeah. or changing schools. That makes sense. It It's a lot of change. And for especially smaller kids, it can be too much change. So some things that you can look for to make sure that your kids are ready. Are they even tempered? Which I kind of chuckled at this yeah. one. <laughs> what um, child is even tempered? Well, and... You can go a week and have a super even-tempered kid. Right. And, and you're like, oh, off. yeah, they're ready to start. And then that next week, it's a full moon. And <laughs> yep. no one is even-tempered. Another thing that they say to look for is, are they sleeping well? That's a good point. Are they making friends at school? Ooh. Are they excited about going to school? And are they showing normal academic progress? And I think those three things are just to show that your child is mature enough mature enough to handle instruction. Right. And mature enough to follow directions and be on a team or with other right. children and not cause those other children to be disrupted. Yep. I agree with that. Um, I would say, like, Cayman, who's probably my even as tempered child has struggled this year with going to full day pre-K because he's tired. Mm-hmm. By the end of the day, his brain is done and he's tired and I pick him up and it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like 
it's a struggle for hours afterwards. And I cannot imagine taking him to right. a practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot with mm-hmm. my kids and watching them. And I will say those are really good points. And I wish I would have known them last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you live and you learn and you have to try. I mean... I don't think it hurt Barrican came in to run around holding hands no, on a soccer no, field. No, no, and I don't think, like, Cashton did soccer two years ago, and it was great. Last year was hard because we just started full-day pre-K, and that was hard. Yes. It was really hard to do that. Yes. And I I really wanted to start Barrican in an activity this last semester, but it was also his first semester for all-day mm-hmm. school pre-K, and I knew, I just knew that would not mesh well. I just knew he was going to be tired after school and not handle it. And so we went a whole semester and he's done fairly well. And so starting swim lessons, we'll see if that continues. So some options for ages to try. They say to do running, tumbling, throwing, catching, and swimming for your young kids, two to five. So like gymnastics. And, and I've read so many times that all, no matter what sport you want your kid to end up in, start with gymnastics. They learn body autonomy Mm -hmm. and how to move. Right. And that transfers into other activities. Yep. It is not something that we did, and I really, really wish we did. Yeah. I'm glad. Thankful for my mother-in-law for getting Cayman involved, at least. Cashton was not at a point that he could do that. But Cayman, I think, did well. It really helped with him because <laughs> he's my accident-prone, clumsy child. And I think he's better now. And I, right. I'm i going to attribute that some to gymnastics for making him aware of his surroundings and his body. So, I... I agree. I think um, I think our family kind of missed the ball on that one. And it was something that hindsight's twenty twenty. If right. we could go back, I would put them in some sort of a gymnastics type situation. I will say it is super hard when the gymnastics is also parent involved and you have two kids that are so close in age that you cannot make that work. Yes. And that, that was a lot of why we stopped doing little kickers was because it was all... They all had to have a parent and led with them. Mm-hmm. And it was just too much. I couldn't do three with a parent. Like, there was no way. Mm-hmm. I, they were all in different groups. How mm-hmm. was I going to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd have to get a babysitter just to take my kid, one mm-hmm. kid at a time. And that just wasn't going to work. Right. And my boys are 14 months apart. So, really, at 18 months, I would have also had a four-month-old, which we did baby wearing. And I could have worn Davis and, and gone and done things but it would have been hard. Yeah. It would have been really hard. And I think I'm going to use that as my excuse no, as I, why I did it. No, it was hard. I literally had to breastfeed in the middle of doing one with Cashton one time. And, like, we're out on the floor running and playing stop and freeze. And I am breastfeeding Cayman. <laughs> you go, girl. Well, I mean, like, I have a screaming baby. I can't sit right. down. So, yes. like, I, he, I was baby wearing. And literally, I'm like, sorry, dads. This is going to happen. It is, because there's no other option at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. So moving a little bit older, ages six to nine, the experts are kind of saying here that their vision, attention spans, and skills are improving. And so they recommend activities like t-ball, softball, baseball, (laughs) soccer, gymnastics, swimming, tennis, and martial arts. So, 
just kind of expanding your options a little bit. But then also, like, it's like a stair step. The stuff before Mm -hmm. leads to the stuff after. Like, if you do these things from 2 to 5, you're going to be ready for these things at 6 to 9. Right. Exactly. And one thing that I read a couple of places was strength training. So, like, weightlifting. Oh. They say is okay beginning at 7 or 8 if the kids show a motivation, but they definitely need to be taught proper technique for technique from an expert and they need to be watched and monitored. It's really? not something that, that young. I I mean, yeah. <sighs> I just I mean, I guess your body's always growing until you're done. Right. But I just I can't imagine my my son's almost seven. Mm-hmm. He'll be seven in three months, and mm-hmm. there's no way. What do you consider not appropriate, like bench presses? Obviously, and like because the bar is with 15 weights. pounds, and he only weighs 50 pounds. But like even just little weights, like just lifting little weights, like there's so much that can go wrong mm-hmm. if you're not doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. And well, that's the key. Right. But how do you teach a seven-year-old to do something well, so correctly the that they're point. not going to hurt themselves in the long run? Because you aren't supposed to be the teacher if you aren't an expert. You as the parent aren't supposed True. to be the teacher if you're not an expert. True. But, I mean, even thinking about it in high school, like, I know lots of guys and ladies that ended up hurting themselves. Well, but there's lots of guys and ladies who hurt themselves in any sport. Right. True. So I'm, but I was swimming also, and hurt myself. Yes, but there, you're. How old were you when you hurt yourself? Seventeen. Okay, that's a big difference from seven years well, old. Well, yeah, and I do, I do say, I can see your point. However, I think that if you're, if that is what your child is interested in, and that is what your child wants to do, you find an expert, True. and you try and make that work True, for them. But I also think that there are a lot of natural ways to strength train that don't involve having a technique of some sort with weights and stuff like that. Like, I think that it depends upon your child's skill level, what they've shown that they can do already. Yeah. And you're not going to set a 45 pound bar on a 50 pound kid. No, absolutely not. And I would assume that if you're going to an expert, they would know not to do that. Right. So, um, I do have a friend that is an expert in this. And so if I ever did want to do that, that's what he does. I mean, and I, I, I would love to call him and be like, do you do seven and eight year old? Yeah. Maybe ask him what his youngest client is a guy. Yeah. Well, it's him and his wife. Cool. They do it together. So, so our boys think it's fun to pick up our tiny little weights. Yeah. So do my boys. And they do their own little weight routine and they got this, um, fort kit for Christmas and it's like little balls with holes and you stick a pole in (laughs) and so they made their own weights and they forced us to do a workout routine with them with their tent weights that they had made my oldest led it and he was like okay now we're gonna do 10 of these and he would do some crazy motion and we all had to do this crazy motion and it was so fun. And, t- like, the sad part is, by the end of it... Were you hurting? My heart rate was up. Good. I was like, dude, maybe you should, like, look into being a personal trainer because, <laughs> holy moly... You got my heart You up. got me going. Okay. So, 
now we kind of have some ideas of some age-appropriate things, but how do you really pick? And I think oh, this, this is my biggest dilemma right now. I know. I don't know. What, what do you pick? Well, I think the one thing that we're blessed with is we're both members of the YMCA here. And so if you are a family member of the YMCA, you are allowed to participate in any activity for free. Um, other than swim lessons, swim lessons are additional, but there are a couple, there are a few that cost money. Um, they have several free options like golf. There's a fee for doing YMCA golf because of the green, because of like, you have to go to the golf course and karate is a little bit extra too, because tennis, I think has a fee because they also have to go to the tennis court. Right. They don't have tennis courts, but the fees are extremely minimal compared yes. to going to that tennis Yes, and becoming on center. a team there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that gives them an opportunity to try as many sports right. as they want to try. Mm-hmm. We have not done that yet. And a lot of that is because my husband is a soccer fanatic and he just is doesn't like other sports. He doesn't want to watch other sports. Uh, but our middle one has shown a lot of interest and ability in baseball like amazing ability in baseball like but my husband keeps putting it off because he doesn't enjoy baseball so I think we're going to come to a compromise where dad takes one to one sport mom takes the other to another sport because I think they, they should get a chance to do those things I mean I oh man I did everything I tried everything I can look back now I didn't try swimming and that was because where we lived we didn't have a swim team that's all I did. That's all you ever did? You didn't try anything all else? All I did. Nope. I, I loved it. I did t-ball. I did soccer. Oh, I take that back. I, I, that is a complete and utter lie. Why? Yeah. So I started out in dance and I did dance for a little bit and that, eh. I love dance. And then I did t-ball for one season and that was, eh. And I remember, I mean... This has happened to so many people. You just, you get the wrong coach and it's not a good environment. Yeah. And so I didn't continue. And so I did swimming. Swimming was my sport. That seems like you, like you don't have to rely on anybody else. Just your own ability on how well you can do. And I am not good at spatial things. I'm not good at like multiple inputs coming at me. And so like basketball was never going to be good because I'm not able to watch all the other players and kind of like foreshadow the play that I need to make. Like it was, that was, none of that is going to happen for me. I can get in a swimming lane and I can bust my butt. Yeah. And that's what I liked. Yeah. I did soccer, t-ball, dance, gymnastics, uh, cheer. Um, I'm too tall for gymnastics. I pole vaulted. Oh, nice. Yeah, for, for a year. I didn't play golf. My husband has now tried to teach me to play golf, which is really funny because all my brothers play golf. I just don't have the patience for it, I, nor do I love it. And I've I think just you never have to like it to play it. 
and I just don't. T-ball didn't last, obviously, because I didn't continue to play softball. Ball? Did you do volleyball? We didn't have volleyball. Oh, okay. I did play volleyball in the summer, and I love that, but we didn't have competitive volleyball. I grew up in a really small town in western Oklahoma, and bless them for all the sports that they do have, because they do have some amazing sports. But we just didn't have everything, Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things that we did not have. I tried to run cross-country one semester, Mm -hmm. and I say that, tried to run (laughs) cross-country one semester. I am not one of those people that can zone out like that. I I just can't. Like, I can't shut it down and just run. It does not happen. See, so I... This is so funny you're saying that because this morning, I'm finally getting back into swimming after years of not swimming because of life and not having access to a pool and uh-huh. kids, et cetera, et cetera. I finally gotten back in the pool. And this morning, I was, I was swimming and I just... It's so calming to me. Yeah. I can shut my mind down. I can just swim. I'm not stressed. I'm not worried. It, It is my zen. Yeah. And I got out of that pool and I was like, oh, yes. That's dance for me. Like that really is dance for me. Like I shut it all down. I know what I need to do. I get it done and I am calm. And I, after I had my boys, I had some postpartum anxiety really bad. And that was how I stopped my postpartum anxiety. Well, or more managed it was being able to exercise, but it had to be dance. Like like Zumba. Yeah, Zumba or hip hop or, I mean, even I could go in and do some classical ballet and it would calm me down. I just... Do they offer those classes at the Y? No, not at the Y. They don't offer those. I mean, you can take them other places. There are adult I know they do like classes. some like hip-hop-ish yeah, workout they do, they classes do and Zumba and they type do stuff. Zumba. Um, one of the really great uh, instructors up there. She used to dance for the Thunder. So I like to do hers because hers are more... Hair whipping? Well, they're just more dancing instead of working out. Like, it's not really so much about working out. It's about dancing. So I like that better. Every time I think about, like, NBA or football (laughs) cheerleaders, I just think about all the hair whips. I don't even... Like, it is... That is seriously all they do now, I feel like. Really? They just whip their hair around. And they're so good at it. Like... (laughs) They are so good at it. Like, I could never do that. Maybe you have kids in activities. Maybe you've got it going, and they are asking to quit. Oh, that's so hard. We kind of... I mean, we told you what we did, but we also had two-year-olds. Right. I think it's different if you have, I don't know, maybe like a seven, eight, nine-year-old, and you've been in it for years. Reasons matter. Mm -hmm. I think that's the big point of the whole thing is reasons matter. And I really, I don't want to raise quitters. Like Mm -hmm. that's not, but I also feel like you should have some control over what you, your life is like. Mm -hmm. And so, so reasons matter to me. At two, I think we just realized that our boys were not mature enough. They weren't ready. It Mm -hmm. was, and it wasn't worth them crying about it every single time. It just wasn't worth it. And so... That was there. Made Cashton stick it out when he was five. Mm-hmm. Um, we made him complete the whole season and told him we wouldn't come back the next season, but he had to finish the season. Right. So that's kind of what the experts are saying is, first of all, don't rush into any decision, whether that's to start or stop. Yeah. Listen to your kids and figure out what their exact issue is. And that's exactly what that's exactly what you're saying and pinpoint why they want to quit. Yeah. And one 
example that I have. So I was swimming. I started swimming in second grade and I swam until seventh grade. And then I took a year off. And I'll tell you why I took a year off. And it was a terrible reason. I had gotten sick during my seventh grade year, like just a normal like allergy sinus infection or something. And so I'd swim practice for a whole week. And so guess what I got to do after school? Talk to my friends on the phone Mm -hmm. or chat Mm -hmm. on AOL or whatever it was back then. And then I started back to swim again and I realized I just want to chat with my friends. That's a seventh grade girl reason right there. (laughs) It is. While friendships are very important, I don't know that it was necessarily worth me quitting something that I really did like. Yeah over. Yeah. And I don't know that I ever voiced that reason to my mom or my dad as why I wanted to quit. Oh, I don't think your mom would have been okay with that. No, (laughs) no, probably not. But I will say me quitting the competitive team was temporary in that I knew when I started ninth grade, I was going to join the high school team. And so quitting the competitive team it wasn't the end of swimming for me. And I knew that. I knew that eventually I was going to be on the high school team. I did. I had a year of just hanging out, I guess, with my friends in eighth grade. And it got me nothing. It got me nowhere. Looking back, hindsight again, I should have just stuck with it. I quit gymnastics because I was getting injured. I was in sixth grade. I was I was growing and like I look back now and we should have just taped and did some other things. I was growing. My body wasn't handling the the impact very well because mm-hmm. of how I was growing. Technology today and different types of tapes right. that they have, it would be a lot better. Right. But I switched to cheerleading mm-hmm. and I found a love in cheerleading because I got to express my voice. <laughs> Dance. Uh huh. Yeah. And do my gymnastics. And so I really enjoyed that. I didn't make the eighth grade team, though. Oh, no. Yeah. It was, that was a traumatic event in my life. Oh, no. It was a good event, but it was traumatic. And so I had a year that I didn't do anything. And I hated that year. Yeah. I decided my freshman year to play soccer. And I played soccer all throughout. And I never had an, another day that I didn't have an activity after school because I did not enjoy my eighth grade year. So soccer was all through high school? Soccer was all through high school. I also did cheerleading 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. I pole vaulted my 11th grade year. That's it. I did choir. I did band. So one of the things that we have come across now is in the, in the town and area that we live in, If you want to participate in a high school sport... Yeah, you got to start young. You have to start them young, and you have to continue in a competitive league alongside the school league, or you're not going to make the team. Yeah. And that's because of the the size of our schools Mm -hmm. for the town that we live in. Um, And there's so much talent. mm -hmm. There's so much talent. And, you know, I'm glad, Mm -hmm. but I'm also sad because, like... Where if we lived in a small town, yes. even if you weren't the best, you would still get to be a part of it. You may right. not get to make the cheerleading squad that had 20 spots, mm-hmm. but there would be an activity that you could do. Mm-hmm. Here, there may not be an activity that you can do. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you may be able to 
you know, do choir or band or orchestra, but it may not be a sport. There may not be a sport that you get to participate in. Yeah. And that's sad sometimes. It is sad. Because sports, while you may not be, you know, the likes of a professional player someday, Mm -hmm. they still are very good for you. Right. Right. It's something that has been on my husband and I's hearts of, do we really want to stick with a big school? Do we really want that stigma of you have to be the best of the best or you're out? And that's so hard. That's so much pressure. And it's really sad when you talk to other parents who have their kids in competitive leagues. They're traveling all the time and spending probably that 10% of their income into this. And they say to you, I'm, I'm going to have to put my kid in counseling if they don't make the team. And that to me is just heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreaking yeah. that you are that worried about your child's mental health uh-huh. if they don't make the team. Yeah. And I... Well, I mean, like mine wasn't competitive and I probably needed a year of counseling after not making the team. Like it was, it was devastation right there. Mm-hmm. And so like maybe... I don't know. I just, that's, that's so much pressure it was. on a kid. It was a lot of pressure. And I'm sure that that, I'm sure you and the kid I was referencing, that pressure is a lot of internal well, pressure. Well, I'm, I'm an Enneagram One perfectionist. So yeah. that was all Denise yet. Like it was not coming from anywhere else. It wasn't my parents putting the pressure on, the school putting the pressure on. It was all internal pressure. I had to be the best of the best. That's just my personality. Well, maybe you should just be in counseling in general. I, I'm a big advocate for counseling. So <laughs> in allowing your child to quit, one of the options you have is deferring the decision. And this is something that you said you guys did with Cashton is you finished out the season. Right. And it was hard because he didn't want to go, but we made him and, oh, it was hard. And I think that that, I think that is where you teach them they can't just be quitters. Right. I think that's where that kind of, you, you do that compromise of, I'm listening to you. I hear your wants and needs. However, we made a commitment and we are going to stick to it. And so if you have a kid who is unsure, I think maybe from the beginning lay out, okay, we are going to be doing this from January to March. Right. And that's how long we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And maybe that can help. Well, I think, too, when we first started, we started at the Y playing soccer. Then we moved to the Edmund League to play soccer. All Edmund people, there's nothing wrong with the Edmund League. That's not what I'm saying. But for my kid, that was a huge adjustment because a lot more was expected Mm -hmm. because this is where the competitive leagues come from. Mm -hmm. And so they are really training their players to become competitive league. And Cashton, bless his little soul, is really not athletic. He's Mm -hmm. brilliantly engineer mind, but he's not really athletic. And that's okay, baby. I wasn't either. So especially when it comes to certain sports, like it just his body hasn't caught up with his brain and his body needs to develop a little bit more, I think. And maybe he'll be a fantastic golf player like his dad. (laughs) Yeah, I would say that sports still need to be fun. Yeah. And the why was fun for him. Yeah. And well, we didn't have extra practices at the Y. We got to go and play the game that day mm -hmm. and it wasn't extra time. Time Mm -hmm. was a big thing for him, especially because he just started school. Yeah. And so I think that has a lot to do with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. 
So coming at this from a boy-mom perspective, there are a lot of gender stereotypes around certain activities. Absolutely. And while I feel like the shift has started towards trying to break down some of those barriers, depending upon where you live, especially, there's the stigma is still there. So speaking of this, my boys love to dance. I could not find them a dance class. That would accept boys mm-hmm. at Edmund. all? Yeah. I mean, this is a while ago because they were little and it would mm-hmm. be like tiny toes, whatever. But they just, and maybe it's not that they wouldn't accept them, but on their websites, it was not, you know, both sexes or it was like girls. And I probably could have called and finagled my son away in there. Mm-hmm. But I also was like, I don't want to have to Mm -hmm. do that I just want him to be able to go dance if he wants to dance Mm -hmm. and if he wants to do classical ballet I want him to do classical ballet right yeah man those dudes are ripped oh that's what I told him the other day because we were talking about it and he's like well that's a girl thing and I pulled up a video and he was like that's a guy and I was like yes they are very strong Mm -hmm. I was like it takes a lot of strength to be a dancer Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah dance is just one of them gymnastics is another I think cheer cheerleading is a huge one Mm -hmm. music i think can sometimes be slightly gender stereotypes slightly depending on what instrument you're playing right exactly but as boy moms i think we just continue pushing for what our kids want that's what i think if your kid doesn't want to dance cool if your kid wants to dance cool Mm-hmm. I think we include all of that. If if your little girl wants to wrestle, let's figure out a way to get her to wrestle. Like So <laughs> this is actually happening in my life right now. My niece my niece is wrestling. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. That's exciting. So they have been a very big sports family. They did competitive swimming for a really long time, which was so near and dear to my heart. They left swimming, both girls, they're twins. They've they've done volleyball and one of them um, has since gone back to swimming and the other one is doing wrestling. And she, funny story, her very first wrestling experience was this last summer. There was a two-day camp that she was going to for wrestling in Missouri. And her first time on the mat, she broke her arm. <gasps> yeah. Oh, it was freak accident? No, she, she will tell you, it is my fault. I put my hand down. I shouldn't have put my hand down. And it was just a small fracture. And she... She just had um, a soft cast that she could take off, and it wasn't that big of a deal, and she's back on the mat, but it was really, it was, looking back, it was almost comical, because it wasn't a a bad injury, but we all just kind of laughed, (laughs) like, Emily, come on, get it together, right? And she, she has since done really well, and she and other girls are working really hard in Arkansas. They live in Arkansas to make it a female sport. That's awesome. There are several states who are coming out now with female wrestling. That's awesome. It's really cool. That is so cool. So as of now, if she wrestles, there's a good possibility she's going to have to wrestle boys. And it's boys that are her age and her weight class but there's some differences. Good. I'm good for her. There, there are some differences I know between boys and girls, even at that age. But she's, she's tough, and she's out there, and she's doing it, and so it makes me so proud. Yeah, that's awesome. So my high school soccer team was the first year we had a girls team. Every other year they had to play on the boys team. 
Yeah. So that was really exciting for us that Mm -hmm. we finally got a girls team. Yeah. My grade in school also had two female football players. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Were they the kickers? No. Oh, good. I feel like girls always end up being the kickers. No, they were not the kickers. Well, we had some phenomenal soccer players that were the kickers. But no, they played, I think, offensive line. Offensive line. Okay. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Emily, this niece who's wrestling... She has been broached also by the football coach, but I don't think she has quite the interest in football, but she has a well-built frame, and so that's why she's doing well in wrestling, and I think if she tried her hand at football, she could lay some dudes out. Oh, yeah. And I, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. I know that both sides, boys and girls, they both have stereotypes. Oh, yeah. We're um, going to do an episode on stereotypes. I just yes. feel it coming. <laughs> we, we're going to have to. As boy moms, though, again, I just want to reiterate, do what your kids want. Find a way, find an outlet for them to do something that they love. Yeah. Whether it is stereotyped as a female activity. Mm-hmm. All the information that we're getting here has come from several different links. And Denise always puts those in her show notes for us. So if you want to know where... Some of this advice is coming from and these numbers are coming from. Just go to the show notes. And there's a lot of good information in there that I didn't get to point or highlight. So check that out. Is that it? I think so. If you have anything to share about, you know, having your kid quit or what is your time commitment that you're making Mm -hmm. a week doing this? Because it's Mm -hmm. not just a kid time commitment. It's a parent time time commitment. And it's sometimes... A lot. Mm -hmm. And bless you. Bless you for doing that. Because, you know, if it's something your kids enjoy, then you're sacrificing for them. And Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that you're doing that. And they need to be thankful that you're doing that, too. And they will be one day. If they're not today, they'll look back. Right. Exactly. Well, let us know what you think. Let us know how things are going Do you like us? Do you not like us? What can we do different? You can reach us a few different ways. We're on Instagram at ladies.raising.lads. Facebook is the same thing. Or you can email us ladies.raising.lads at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at raising.lads. All right, ladies. Well, we love you, fellow boy moms, and we hope you tune in next time. We're going to be talking about how to conceive a boy. This is going to be Denicia's show. (laughs) So tune in. It'll be good.